بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته again uh, so جزاكم الله خير for your patience as um, those who are watching online um, again, I just want to clarify that um, what's been happening uh, recently is that we've had just literally uh, a, a catastrophic yani, uh, uh, level of quality and service in our internet, otherwise known as normal BT. Um, and we are desperately trying to get rid of them. The problem, of course, is that where we are, which is off-site, green belt, whatever they call it, yep, we don't have lines and so we're now uh, going to pay for a line to be put in specifically. And that requires, you know, roadworks and this and that and God knows what. And that's going to be with a virgin cable. Um, that's going through and it might take a little while. What we've done today, and so I know that last week's lesson was not very good quality. What we've done today is that uh, we have the original internet connection, which, might, which you're watching me on now which probably isn't very good quality, Allah alam. But we're also running a second feed running off a of 4G network, mobile, which is the second screen underneath. So now if you refresh your screen, and I'll give you a few seconds to do that, it might just be that if you play the screen underneath, this is more smoother. Um, I'll give you a few seconds to try that. Think that's long enough? Yeah, okay, so um, so again, I apologize for that, but that will get fixed up uh, very soon, inshallah. All right, so today we're going to be, uh, um, the brothers here have already uh, started to cause trouble very early on in the lesson. And uh, obviously this was the lesson, this was the place where over a year ago, uh, oh, 18 months ago, I said that David Moyes would be the uh, United Manager. And I was correct. And I didn't get enough credit for that, to be quite frank. I didn't get enough respect. I didn't get enough props. I didn't get enough chocolate. I didn't get enough anything. And now you know why. And now I know why. <laughs> and, but I just want to say that when I'm right, I should be given the respect when I'm right. That's, yani, yani, that's something, isn't it, Sheikh Zafar? No, 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 thank you. We don't, no, no. This, was a this was a rhetorical question. No, that's the problem. Okay, yeah, let's talk. Last week was good music and hijab and music and happy people. Uh, no, no, just boring. So I want to say that I did also say that Moyes would definitely be given two years. And I was wrong about that, so I'm sorry for misleading the people in that matter. And uh, I will keep quiet on this issue uh, 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 until it is necessary for me to speak. I just want to make it clear though, I want to make it clear because we have a lot of brothers and sisters, good brothers and sisters, mashallah, jazamullah khair, good students who are um, 
fans of Liverpool. And, and we have no bitterness. We're very happy. I'm very happy for them to win the league because they've played best this season. And that's fine because I'm bigger than that. And congratulations to them because I think they've already won. That, however, does not change in any single way our international sign for Najasa, which is, of course, the Anfield badge for Liverpool. Okay? And it will remain. And uh, it will probably become more popular and become more internationally recognized when Liverpool finally become a team known for winning something. Yeah? So that's all good. It all works out. Everyone's happy. All right. So that's that. Um, any other issues? I don't think so. Right. So this is some interesting discussion. I want to cover quite a few pages today. Um, well, six pages if we can. And these are referring to the conditions now on the actual khuf itself. And so, uh, again, uh, Imam al-Hajawi, alayhi rahmatullah, on page one of the notes, he says, you know, wiping over the footwear is permissible for 24 hours for the guy at home and 72 hours for the one who's traveling. Starting from the moment that what? What? Starting from which moment? Who remembers last week's lesson? He says... Yani Imam al-Hajjawi says that Madhab says, what? From the moment you break a wudu. What did we say in, as, is our taught position and also the position of Shaykh Al-Thameen? The, the first moment that you wipe, that you actually use the rukhsa. And we believe this is a strong and solid opinion. And we believe that all of them are acceptable, but the evidence really is nice for this position. And that is all upon the condition though that the khuf is a proper khuf. And how are they going to describe the khuf, the hanbalis? They're going to give you four conditions. That this khuf has to fulfill these four conditions, then you are allowed to go and wipe on it. What are they? Number one, that it's ritually pure. It's tahir. بَعْدَ لُبْسٍ عَلَىٰ طَاهِرٍ مُبَاهٍ سَاتِرٍ الْمَفْرُودِ يَثْبُتُ بِنَفْسِهِ That it's ritually pure, it's lawful, it's halal. Okay. Number three, that it covers the area which is obligatory, meaning obligatory to wash in wudu. And number four, that it stays up by itself, stays in place by itself. So this is very interesting. So let's start off with the first one. Ala tahirin, that it needs to be pure. What does it mean that it needs to be pure? It means, okay, that the actual... Because purity is of two types. Sheikh Uthameen says that um, yeah, when, you say, when you say pure you could actually refer to something which in of itself is pure, which we will call Tahir al-Ain. It intrinsically is pure. That's the perfect translation for it. Or we're talking about something which is pure, then becomes dirty, then becomes pure. So like any, any, any skin, any thawb, any anything. It's clean, it's pure. Then Najasa falls on it. It becomes mutanajas. It actually becomes dirty, but not because it is dirty. So there's a difference, for example, when we say that some we have khuf made out of leather from a cow's hide. And that cow is, remember, there's some, we, we covered tanning, we covered all this before, right? You need to go back to your notes. Ah, important announcement with respect to the notes. I know and I'm very aware that the transcribed notes have not gone up for a while. And this is because of exams and because of people have been busy and I've been busy as well. And the, so the transcribing team have been caught in a little bit of a rut. But that should be by next week, inshallah, should be cleared up. It's a good few weeks. So keep your eyes open for uh, before next week. All of them, inshallah, should be uh, up. The, um, the, uh, I was just going to say, um, I don't think there's any need to watch it to take the uh, bandwidth away, to be honest. It's, it's not thingy, yeah? Um, and um, the forums are maybe not as up to... Uh, are the forum titles spot on? Um, just a couple of questions. Yeah, uh, the forums, you know, 
Bob's is on, yani, you know, mashallah, on his honeymoon at the moment, yeah? And uh, I was going to show you such a nice picture, but Bob's, yani, said it's haram for me to do so. And, uh, and uh, but I don't know, is it, is it haram yani, for me to show a picture of Sheikh Abdul Rafaq of uh, Bob's in his wedding nice uh, outfit? Is it, if he sent me the picture and it's my property, is it haram for me to show it now? Give us fatwa. Give us fatwa, Sheikh, please. <laughs> huh? Give us fatwa. Say no problem. Private confidential. Private Sheikh, he's looking in the camera like this. How is that private or confidential? He's wearing a big red turban and big gold, yani, glittery kind of uh, jacket. Okay. Sheikh won't give us fatwa. All right. So, uh, so things are a little bit up and down, but inshallah next week everything will be uh, back on uh, track. So. You need to go back and understand that there are a number of matters that need to be assumed before we can just say that something is pure, even leather. Remember, if we won't go back, if we take leather, we describe the difference between skin and hide, leather and hide, whether it's been tanned or not, pre-tanning, post-tanning, and so on. We said that tanning can get rid of most impurities. We said that there's a difference between an animal whose hide it has been tanned and everything, which has been slaughtered, but the animal is not halal to eat. And there's a difference between an animal which is halal to eat, which has been slaughtered. And there's a difference between an animal which is halal to eat, which has not been slaughtered and, found, and been found dead. And then you hide, you tan its skin. And there's a difference between an animal which is haram to eat, haram to slaughter, and you tan that, like that of a pig. Now, uh, so these, as, you, as we said, we covered all this in detail. You need to go back and study your notes again to be as, as a refresher. But I want to say to you that Obviously, so many scholars had so many different opinions. If we were to just assume, as some of the ulama did, that the skin of the pig is not purified by any means, okay? And that itself is a controversial opinion, okay? Um, and there are some, and correctly believe that, you know, tanning can do everything and anything, okay? Because it is the ultimate process, okay? Then for them, pig wouldn't be a problem either. But let's go by the opinion of, uh, 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 maybe the majority is fair to say, that no, the pig can't be purified even by tanning, even by all of that, or even by chemical means it can't be. That would be the dictionary definition of something which is najis intrinsically impure. So this is what we would be, this is what we're referring to when we say tahir, meaning it can't be made from a pig. Because that is intrinsically impure. It doesn't matter how smell it, nice it smells, it doesn't matter how clean it is, it's intrinsically impure. So this is what we are referring to when we say pure. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and this is what Sheikh says. He goes, Murad huna When we are talking about, in this chapter of fiqh, when we're talking about when something is pure, when we're talking about the khuf, we mean intrinsically impure, such as the skin um, of a pig. But if it came from the skin, um, uh, but if it comes from a skin of a, uh, a donkey or it comes from the, the hide of a cow and then some najasa falls upon it, okay, it comes, it comes and uh, something from najasa, not a donkey, just a, a cow. Uh, and a cow, we mean a cow which has been slaughtered. All right, to take all the shak away. So we have a cow, we slaughter it, it's now ready to eat, we save the skin, we then make the hoof out of the skin. This is pure. Then some najasa falls on it, some feces, for example, or whatever falls upon it. Now, what the madhab is saying is, what the madhab is saying is that this cannot be used for mas'h. Sheikh al-Uthaymeen, he says, 
that actually what is really being said is that if you do wipe over it, it can be wiped over. But what? Let's finish the sentence. It's got najasa on it. Nope. So let's say that the... So, so, so th- this is the exact question. Shaykh Al-Tamin is saying, actually when they say it needs to be tahir, what is it being said? What, is, what are they saying? That it won't be valid if you wipe over it or what? Okay, that's one option. Whatever, what else do you think? What, what do you think is being meant? What's the point of this discussion? Think laterally. Why are we wiping over a sock for? Ease for what? Why? Why? Okay, why do we want wudu? To pray. What's the rule for praying? You have to be pure. The clothes have to be pure. Would therefore... So... And now that you've gone all this way, what can we come back and now say? Any inferences that can be made about a, 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 a khuf that has some najasa on it? No. It's part of your clothing. Okay, fine. You can't pray with it. Can you do the mas over it? Yes, you can. Because there's no evidence to show that something that has najasa on it cannot have the mas'h done over it. There's no, there's no evidence. It makes sense. I get that. But Shaykh Al-Uthameen says, he goes, there's actually no evidence to say you can't wipe over a khuf that has najasa on it. What we can say though, of course, why on earth would you do that if you can't pray, if you're making the, you're doing the wiping only to pray. And we know we can't pray if we've got wearing khufs and it has najasa on it. So what's the point? So what is the point? Anyone can find the point? Think laterally. <coughs> Interesting. That's, a, that's a one way of looking at it. Uh, wipe over it and then take it off. Yeah. And you would be theoretically in the prayer. But then that's, a, like, a, that's like a cheat. There would be no point to that. Let's assume that you're wearing the hoofs for good reason. It's freezing cold. You don't want to take them off. So what's the point then of then doing wiping over a hoof which is najis? No. Yeah, maybe. Maintain wudu. Take it that one step further. Why would you want to maintain your wudu? Okay, that's it. The answer is, of course, that there are more than one action that need wudu. All right? Only salah, according to the Quran and Sunnah evidences, authentically speaking, is something which requires a person to be pure of clothing and pure in wudu. But there are other things that require wudu, according to many, many scholars, not, not ijma'a, but according to many scholars, which do require wudu, which don't require the condition of not having najasa on your body. For example... Reading the Quran, holding the Mus'haf. Okay? And that's why Shaykh Ruthameen says, وَفَائِدَةُ هَذَا أَنْ يَسْتَبِيحَ بِحَذَا الْوَضُوءِ مَسَّ الْمُصْحَفِ 
He goes, the, the benefit of understanding this, this uh, particular principle is that a person, if he, if he was, uh, and, he, and he says, he goes because when it comes to touching the mushaf, the condition is that you are pure from ritual impurity, that you have wudu. It's not that you are pure from najasa. It's a technical difference. You could have made wudu and you have some najasa on your clothes somewhere. But to touch the mushaf is something which is allowed. For example, picking it up and put it somewhere else or turning the pages. Right? The condition to do that, according to a number of the scholars, is you have to be in wudu. Okay? That's what you need to be. You have to be in wudu. Do you, though, have to have your clothes clean from najasa like you do for salah? Answer is no. We've got no evidence for that. So that's the benefit of understanding this point. So um, he goes, so let's. So he goes. Um, Let's take an issue of controversy, something which the, the scholars differed over. We have a we have a animal which can be slaughtered. So let's go again with a cow. Okay, we have so we have a cow which we find dead. It's meter. It's carrion. Okay, it's carrion. It has it 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 would have been halal if we had killed it via uh, the cow if we had slaughtered it. But we didn't get to it, so it's died. If we go back to our studies, we know that that's an area of controversy. Then we take the skin of that animal, which has died as carrion, and we tan it. It is, it is madbukh. Okay, the dabakh has been done to it. It has now been tanned. Okay, what? And now we have a khuf from this leather. What is the position? He goes, there is two positions. If we said that this animal is not purified by this tanning, and whose position is that? Anyone remember from our notes? If you go back to your notes, the madhab, the humbly madhab, that is his position. That even the meta, it does not become pure by tanning. Okay? Therefore, this is now not pure. Then, it is not permissible to make mas'h upon this particular uh, 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 khuf over the leather sock. Okay? It is not permissible to wipe over this leather sock. But if we say yes, that this animal is uh, 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 okay, its leather is pure because of the tanning, then it is allowed for us to make mas' over this particular sock. So I want you to know that this is a... Um, and I want you to know that why, why uh, is it that the scholars consider that the khuf itself must be pure? Why is it that they consider that it must be in of itself pure? The reason for that is because the Prophet wasallam. He uh, uh, said, and this is Shaykh Tamim putting his hadith forward. He said, as narrated by Imam Abu Dawood, and the hadith, inshallah, is um, inshallah, it's good. Okay, it is a hadith which has, which is, uh, um, it is good hadith, yani acceptable. Where the Prophet sallam, he said to Mughira that I am putting my, I am putting into these socks two pure feet, two clean feet. So when Mughira was watching him, the Prophet ﷺ, he put on the khuf, okay? And as he's watching this process, the Prophet ﷺ said that I have put them on, uh, I have put my feet in, tahiratain, that they are pure. And so the idea is, by the Prophet ﷺ emphasizing the purity of his feet going into the socks, 
The idea is, is that it would be an absurdity or a paradox if it would be necess- necessary for the feet to be pure, but then the thing which the feet is touching, it, it can be impure. That, that doesn't make sense. And also, second point, that the, the reason why this is the evidence for why it needs to be pure is what we mentioned before, that anything which is impure and it gets in contact with what? What did we say? Does something impure automatically impart impurity? What is the, what is the factor that imparts impurity? Moisture. Water, moisture, wetness, yes? We said before that yani, if, for, uh, if there was feces which were completely bone dry and you picked it up and you let it go, your hand is still pure. Unless it has been transferred, meaning that you know your hand is wet, then of course we know you know it's a whole different story. Or there's moisture in the najasa itself intrinsically, then we know it's a disaster as we know. Okay? That's what confers najasa. So therefore, the scholar said that something which is najas, alright, even if it is dry, okay, if it is najas, by the wiping manner, you would make the thing that's inside your hand or the foot itself najas. And so therefore that's a paradox and that, that's a, a refutation of the principle uh, in of itself. Okay? So um, so this is, this is the evidence for why they need to be pure. So in conclusion, what's our position? The position of Sheikh Uthameen is that yes, we, they do need to be pure, but intrinsically pure. They don't need to necessarily be clean when you make the, uh, uh, the wiping. But if you do wipe over dirty uh, hoofs, you can't pray on them. It's a waste of time. So make sure you just have clean hoofs. Simple as that. Alright guys, alright, so that's the, that's the point with respect to that. The second uh, condition is that they are mubah, that they are permissible. Mubah comes from ibaha, okay, to make something permissible, to be allowed. Now this is, uh, th- this statement has been mentioned to make it clear that something haram is not allowed. And haram is of two types. What is haram in this scenario? What would haram be? So, uh, haram in terms of how it came, yeah, how we got hold of it, or, or what? What does that mean? Good, correct. So, it is muharram li kasbihi or muharram li aynihi. It is haram in how it was earned, how it was found, how it was obtained. That's the first type of haram. And the second type of muharram is by its intrinsic nature. So the first example is something which has been uh, stolen or armed robbery or whatever, whatnot. You trick someone over it, yeah? Because, you know, that's what people do for khufs, yeah? <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. There might be some nice, like, you know, Jersey cow, Yanni Flex going down with some merino insides. I'm sure they make luxury ones somewhere, you know, with merino wool inside and some nice soft leather on the outside. I don't know. Um, and the second one would be, for example, an example of the second one, Muharram li'aynihi. Pigs, but something more obvious than that. <laughs> something more obvious than that lion. I like that. Because <laughs> that's really obvious. <laughs> no, that's good. Something, something easy, I mean. Because even the pig one, even the lion one, we can debate. Why can we debate that? Because of what hadith? Exactly, exactly. Any hide which has been 
tanned, then it becomes yani, clean, it's, it's pure. So we can argue there will always be this hadith that will never go away for all of the people who say pig is haram, uh, crocodile is haram, uh, lion is haram. As long as this hadith remains, okay, there will always remain khilaf in this issue because it's a very strong and powerful hadith. And we obviously covered it in a lot of detail. So something that this hadith can't touch, something else. Think, think, think. You're thinking about a, a khuf, right? But no, we, we, we did that. That's the first type. That's how it was obtained. Haram by how it was obtained. Easy one, yara. Huh? Muharram li'aynihi. Haram by its very nature. Okay, so, like, we said that all skin can be responded to. You're right, we'll go with pig skin and whatever, a lion skin and whatever. But that's, that's, I want you to give you an answer that can't be responded to. Think women. <laughs> Think women, yeah, yeah, goes disease. <laughs> oh, that a boy. What a boy, that's my boy, you know what I'm saying? He's got his, he's got his political correctness right spot on. <laughs> so, the answer of course is silk. Okay? Silk would be an issue, because unless you're wearing it for medicinal purposes, whatever, men are not allowed to wear silk in any kind of manner. Now, don't ask me why on earth someone would be having a silk yarn thingy, but it's possible. Why not? Who said there has to be leather? Ah, ah. Oh, I'm sure that we can find some yani moves, man. Uh, you could have elasticated silk. You could have yani multi-layered silk. You could have yani, you know, the kind of silk that Sheikh uh, Tafari yani uses uh, and uh, think in. <laughs> uh, Alright, okay, so. Uh, Sheikh also says, uh, he goes, another example um, which is a bit more controversial is that which has pictures on it. Of, and, uh, well, by pictures, we're talking pictures of animals which are alive. So faces and uh, of, of animate objects, okay? Um, so humans, animals, and so on and so forth. Now, this is an area of difference um, because some of the ulama, because the ahadith, and I don't want to get into this because it's a massive topic, the issue of pictures, but I just want to let you know that um, some of the scholars said that it is you're not allowed to pray in it. Others said that you're allowed to pray in it, but you'll be, your prayer will be accepted, but there'll be sin. Others said that pictures which are not treated disrespectfully on clothes because it's their norm is not part of the prohibition. Others said that it will cause a problem with respect to the angels around. It's a minefield of an area that requires its own three lessons, just pictures and pictures on clothing. But anyway, Sheikh Uthameen is very strict on this matter. He always has been, always was. That's the general kind of Saudi opinion anyway when it comes to pictures. But on this matter, from a fiqh point of view, he won't allow anyone to wipe over anything that has a picture of a, a, a you know, uh, like, a, like a Lacoste socks. Imagine if you had some Lacoste socks or Lacoste whatever, that's, you know, outright uh, uh, crocodile whatever. I mean, he'll give a quick solution. You'll take the crocodile off or you put a thread through the top of the, the head so it doesn't look like a head, etc, etc. It's all about it showing its aliveness. What's the word? Living nature. Living nature. 
my mind's better than yours, aliveness. Okay. So anyway, so Sheikh says, uh, Sheikh Rathamin says, these are the two points which are being referred to when the scholars said that it needs to be mubah, it can't be haram. Then Sheikh himself then says, but there's no evidence to establish this. He goes, We don't know any evidence that says that it's not permissible to wipe over something which is haram. Okay? He goes that, but we do need to understand why is it then therefore that the scholars said that. Remember we, we covered in a very early lesson that when it comes to the issues of fiqh, okay, the fuqaha are a lot more kind of cavalier when it comes to the issues of law. And if they don't find necessarily a Quran and a Sunnah point, they'll use a general principle. They'll use some aql, they'll use this, that, whatever. Uh, as Sheikh uh, Abdul Ghaffar would say, this is not Quran. You know what I'm saying? This is fiqh. And their flexibility, people are always yani, you know, adventuring out there into ideas and concepts and giving their own opinion. And that's fine, as long as they accept that, therefore, it can also be refuted at any time as well. And we are allowed to have differences of opinion. So he goes, where, so where are they coming from? If there's no evidence from Quran or Sunnah on this point, what is their understanding? He goes, well, actually, he goes, think about it. The mas al-khufain is a rukhsa. It's a concession. So to wipe over your socks is a concession. He goes, how can a concession be given to someone who's doing it sinfully? Yani you are doing a sin, you are creating a sin, and you want a concession based upon a sin, a ma'asiyah. He goes, this is something that is, um, and he goes that, and he goes, if someone is going to, uh, he goes, and if someone was to say it's permissible to wipe over something haram, then by that, by that very statement, he is accepting the haram. And that's something which is impossible because it is obligatory to make inkar of haram. Because he says, وَالْمُحَرَّمْ يَجِبُ إِنْكَارُهُ it is obligatory to make inkar. Inkar means um, like Urdu. Yeah. To reject it. Yeah, to reject it and to openly refute it and say unacceptable and can't be uh, what can't be done. He, Sheikh Rasamin, he also said, he goes, and also maybe that the scholars who said you can't do it over something which is haram, maybe they took yes, they took an analogy. From the prayer, from the prayer of the guy who's who is musbil. Now this is controversial. Listen carefully. Musbil is the one who doesn't who does isbal. Isbal is having your um, your your. I'm going to say for the sake of explaining, your upper garment. Okay. Um. Actually, don't say. Let's not say upper garment. Let's say. Your garment below your ankles. This is isbal. Okay? The musbil is the one who allows it to go under. And everyone knows about this, and everyone knows that some uh, haram this, it's not haram in prayer, not prayer, blah, blah, blah. And that's another massive issue which is not part of our study today. But he's just giving as an example. I will say to you personally, because I, I, don't, want, I don't want a million questions afterwards, that I believe that the, word, the, the, the concept of isbal is only something prohibited in, in a thobe like I'm wearing. Okay? I believe that um, in a thawb, or if you have a rida, uh, or if you have the, uh, or if you have like, a, what, what do they call? Um, um, uh, loin cloth. Yeah, what do the Maui's, uh, what do the Somalis call it? What do they call it? Maui's? Maui's, huh? Yeah. Maui's, which is known as the lungi, which is known as, what do they call it in English? Sarong. Sarong. In English, it's called sarong. 
Yeah, Saron. Yeah. The Bengalis, they call it Lungi. Lungi, Lungi. Lungi. The Somalis, they call it Ma'awiz. Yeah. Yemenis call it Ma'awiz. Yeah. Arab, they don't say. Indonesia, what do you Indonesia, I have no idea, but they have a name. Yeah. I, they, they gave me one when I went there. I said, you have a laugh at, yeah? <laughs> Seriously. No, in Malaysia it was. They gave me one nice one or whatever. Some Bakwala said, I use it as my duvet cover at home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, are you kidding me, man? Honestly, I can't imagine any human being walking without something in between his thighs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how is that even done? My Malaysians, wallahi, they're the nicest people in the world. I could say anything in the world, they wouldn't get upset. But wallahi, I don't know how the Malaysians do it, to be honest. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so we're talking, but what's the commonality between them? They're one piece, yes? So if you understand, this is a position certainly of my own teacher. Uh, Sheikh Muhammad Salim, uh, this was his fatwa, um, uh, which is that, that the isbal is only done in things which is hanging and one piece. So it's a thawba, or it's like that internal uh, lower part, which is all one. Whereas anything which is pajama or sirwal, yes, sirwal, pajama, uh, trousers, and so on, then in our opinion, then this going underneath the uh, ankles, the prohibition is not relating to that. This is our technical opinion based upon the hadith. Yes, there's the other argument as well, which I don't like personally, which is of course the famous statement because Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, his one kept slipping. His sarong kept slipping. All right? And he would go under and he complained to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he was worried about the prohibition. And there are many hadith which are very strict about this. And they all are to do with kibriya and kibar, being arrogant and proud because you've got to understand that the Arab way, if you remember, we've discussed this in this class already, that there's a big difference, a big culture shift with the way that we see material and they see material. So when we start talking about how clothes are, remember we talked about how one, if one thobe is dirty, then you, you, you're, you're stuck and you're trying to find a second thobe and you're having to wash. And where we don't even have that kind of concept because we have thobes, right? Whereas they used to bury themselves in the same cloth that they used to eat the food on, which also used to be on the Friday, used to be the same cloth that they would wear as their new Friday garment. It's a very different concept of clothing. And that's why in Bukhari you have chapters of is it permissible to pray with one shoulder uncovered or is it permissible to pray with both shoulders uncovered. You reading that today will be thinking, what on earth is this discussion? Why on earth would you be praying without your shoulders covered? You would if you only have one cloth in your entire house. So therefore, the exact opposite is to be understood. At that time, lots of cloth and flowing cloth is a sign of richness. And people who are then wanting to show that off would then let it flow. And let it flow behind, like the regal kings and whatever. Which is where that whole thing comes from, by the way. When you see big kings with lots of trains of stuff, and the wedding dress on the one special day of the year, her greatest, most expensive, most biggest, like massive trains of cloth, all getting whatever. So I want you to understand that there is some very much arrogance in it. And whereas most people today, and throughout the ages, they just don't do it because it just looks strange in society, and, and, and so on. And Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, his one was slipping, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, am I in trouble here or what? And the Prophet said, it's okay, you don't do it out of pride. And so obviously, a number of scholars, more contemporary than classical, I must add, they said that, well, as long as you're not doing it out of pride, it's not a problem. Well, you know what? That's fair enough. That's a fair enough fatwa, and that's, that's okay. But I want to say to you that actually, fundamentally speaking, I don't even believe that it's a problem in the first place, arrogance or not arrogance, on a pair of trousers because the prohibition didn't come in that anyway. But that's the, I just want to just put that out. But if you did put it below your ankles, this would be called isbal. And the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, and this is what Shaykh al-Uthaymin is referring to, he says, 
Okay, the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu said, on the authority of Abu Huraira, this is footnote number one on 230, uh, he, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala does not accept the prayer of the one who allows his izar, his lower garment, to uh, go underneath his ankles. Allah does not accept the prayer of the one who allows his lower garment izar to go beneath his ankles. This is a major hadith. Because Allah does not accept is a lot different than your prayers accepted but you're sinning. Do you understand? And anyway, of course, this is a big claim and a big claim needs big scrutiny and the scrutiny of this hadith is that it is weak and there's no doubt about that. This hadith, uh, Imam al-Nawawi said that بَلْ إِسْنَادُهُ ضَعِيفٌ This hadith is weak and it has three ilal means it has three hidden faults okay, which make it weak. And uh, um, I, will, I will just quickly mention them for you for your notes. Um, or they will be in the transcribed notes if you don't want to write that down. No problem. The first one is that it has Abu Ja'far. هذا هو المدني. Okay. It's, he has Abu Ja'far and he is majhul. He is someone who is unknown in the sciences as was uh, in, the, in the science of hadith. Uh, in the men of hadith as, uh, as was stated by Ibn al-Qattan and Imam al-Dhahabi and Ibn Hajar. And you can find that in Tahdeeb al-Tahdeeb. The second uh, fault is that his, it has... Um, that, it, that there are differences in the chain, as Imam al-Bayhaqi said. And he said that if you look at Sunan al-Kubra by Imam al-Bayhaqi, uh, you will see that there are a number of problems in the chain. And, and the third problem, he said, that Ibn Hajar said um, as well, that there are um, faults in the direction of the chain, meaning the nature of the chain itself is not direct through a set number of narrators. Each time, the narrators that, that narrate it are narrating via different narrators that are not fitting the, 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 stand, the, the, normal, the normal system. Shaykh al he proceeds on the basis that this hadith itself actually is authentic. And that's why he says, in Sahih al-Hadith, this hadith that the prayer is not accepted from the one who is in a state of musbil, okay, then if this person... That this isbal will invalidate his prayer. Likewise then, a person who would wear a haram thawb, qiyas upon this hadith, would likewise not have a prayer because his thawb is haram. Likewise then, if a person had stolen his khuf and he had then wiped over his khuf, then it itself would not give him wudu because it has been haram based upon his hadith. What's our conclusion? My conclusion uh, and the class position is that this hadith is weak. It is not allowed to be used for evidence. And so therefore we cannot support the principle by using this concept. The prayer of the one who does isbal is not invalidated if he does it. The prayer is acceptable. And the one who wears a haram khuf, okay, we will say that his uh, wudu is valid, but he should not do that. That is the position of the Hanbali school. It is the position of the, the uh, Sheikh Al-Uthaymeen that it needs to be avoided. It's common sense anyway as well. But I want you to know, and this is one, this is one of those scenarios where the evidences are not super clear from the, from the uh, Quran and Sunnah, but it doesn't need to be. This is one of those where it doesn't need to be. This is a, a, a basic principle that can stand by uh, itself. So that is the issue of the second uh, condition. Now... Uh, Sheikh Abdul Haq is standing over my head like the uh, like that Grim Reaper was standing over David Moyes. You see him, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was standing there with the big uh, big uh, danda and the thing. 
So I think we will let Sheikh Abdul uh, Sheikh Abdul Haq uh, 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 do the uh, thingy, huh? We just want feedback from the people watching the second video. If you know any issues, any problems, any interruptions. Okay. We know, we know about the sound. So, 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 I just want to tell you now how this is going to happen. Just in uh, just a one minute, Sheikh. Um, those uh, so online here, uh, here we, we're going to now cut the uh, uh, transmission. Well, no, we're not actually because Sheikh's going to pray. Um, for what happened today with the two screens, please uh, below in the comment section make it clear your feedback whether having two screens helped, whether the second one was better, the lower one, whether uh, it, it caused a further problem. Is it something that we can work with in the meantime, et cetera, et cetera. We need detailed fee feedback on that. Smooth or not smooth? Smooth. Yeah, I need detailed. You need to know, did it cut off at any time? Was there some problem, some issue? We need detailed feedback because we might need to do this for one or two weeks whilst we're waiting for the line to go in. Questions, inshallah, uh, we'll try and get them sorted on the forum. Uh, I mean, we would have been able to have some time, but that was uh, my, my fault that we, we started so late. Uh, we will pass over to Sheikh uh, Abdul Haq and uh, he will give the adhan and I will continue off the microphone so that they're not disturbed with respect to questions in this class. So um, we'll just uh, uh, continue uh, with any Q&A, but off the microphone so that no one is disturbed. On cutting it. Uh, you guys have any questions? Sisters, any questions? No? You guys are done? Anyway, yeah. Come close.
so I mean, uh, sort of again to repeat the question. The question is that how come people are so strict on the issue of uh, jeans or trousers or anything, anything being below the ankle at any time? Forget about the prayer, but any time. Um, where's it coming from? So I just want to say again, I don't really want to get into the details of this because this is not our time. I would just mention this, that the basis for their argument is that they will say that there's no evidence to restrict it just to those things which don't have two legs. That's first of all. I said, as Sheikh Muhammad uh, Salim al-Urdud said, and uh, just so that you know who he is, he is the uncle of Sheikh Muhammad Hassan al-Dadu al-Shamfiqi. And he was known to be, and has been in the recent last hundred years, the leading grammarian, Arabic language master, the Hera that there's been. He said that every riwayah, every narration of the hadith of prohibition, this is his opinion, of course, uh, mentions something which does not relate to the sirwal, okay, which is which does not relate to trousers. So it's more than just yani, um, it's more than just anything. It is a genre of clothing, and so that if it doesn't apply to jeans and so on in the first place. So the, 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 the other scholars will respond back and they'll say, what you're doing is that you're specifying something which is general. And when you specify the general, you need to bring in evidence to specify. So and that, 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 that's an acceptable response. And that's the reason why they say that it should be done across the board. Then you could throw the other one against them, which is the, the one of saying, well, okay, then we won't specify it. But you know what? Abu Bakr Siddiq got a green card because he wasn't doing it out of arrogance. And nor am I. I'm doing it because actually that's the, the way of the people. And that's a strong argument. But they'll respond back to that as well. And they'll say, but what else is arrogance and pride if it's not exactly what you're doing? You're too ashamed to pull up your trousers. So you're not putting your trousers up is a, sh a sign of your pride. When you get into that kind of discussion, <laughs> yani, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna solve it, which is why you adopt a position. And as I said, my position, um, not just based upon this, actually, uh, based upon a culture, based upon the Prophet Sallallahu always dressing like the people of the the place that he used to go. This is not Sunnah at all. Me wearing this, I just because, you know, it, it hides sins more easier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Sunnah is for us to wear the clothes of the people. And the clothes of the people, there's no evidence to show that, yani, no direct evidence to show people wearing trousers or suits or whatever. And those suits being just underneath the, the ankles. Is that it's a problem. And generally, we would say that when you're with the Muslim countries and you're wearing thobes, keep it above the ankle. And this is my position. And I also agree with the, the position, even if I was to agree with that position of it being prohibited, I would also say that there is no evidence to specify it by the prayer only. And either you don't accept it or you accept it. It shouldn't be haram or not. I mean haram all the time. Not just in prayer. You know, you see some people, they come to prayer and then they roll it up. When they finish the prayer, then they roll it down. But there's no evidence for that either. If it's haram, then it's haram. So, I don't believe it's haram. And I'm of that opinion. Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Anything else from the dars today? Anything important online? The next man United Advantage is going to be Louis Van Hal, and that's what's going to be the next United Advantage. You heard it here first. And how long will it last for? He will last exactly for two years. <laughs>
And what's the forfeit if he doesn't? And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar will. I don't know. He'll do something. Listen, guys. By the way, uh, lads, keep uh, LP students. Uh, keep the which weekend? June seventh. Um, uh, just, I'm just saying that there is something nice being planned for that weekend. It's six, the seven, eight. Yeah, June six, seven, eight. We're looking to do a retreat. It's not going to be free, by the way. I don't think there's anything. <laughs> Can't get everything for free. This is like top top daughter. Sorry, girls. Maybe next time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the brothers, um, we're doing some kind of thingy. There'll be a focus to it. There'll be a makra'ah involved in it, uh, activities. Inshallah, myself, Sheikh Zarafar will lead it. And it'll be over a couple of days. And it'll be in a nice place. I'm just saying, keep it. Those are LP online. Keep it in mind. It's not done yet, but it's going through at the moment. So keep that in mind. Okay, Tom. Okay. Thank you, everybody.